This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey, heroes, it's James, your game master, and welcome to... Not the new season of Skyjacks, but uh, some bonus content that we've ported over from the OneShot Secret Archive. Over the next couple weeks, we're going to be giving you the first three parts of Campaign Skyjacks Azure Blues, a bonus series that starred myself, Patrick Rothfuss, and Amy Vorpal. Following the adventures of Jolly Jack, following the adventures of Jolly Jack, his right-hand person, Gerace, and of course, everyone's favorite Black Lily, Margaret. Over on the Patreon feed, we're actually providing the last four episodes of this series. That's right. I think I said in several mid-rolls that this was a six-part series. It's actually a seven-part series. Uh, That was a surprise from editing, which, you know, really is just a bonus that gets passed on to all of you. So whether you're a Patreon subscriber or not, there is going to be new Skyjacks content for you every week until we premiere our new season. I know I'm excited about that, and I hope all of you are excited about that as well. Before we jump in and get to the show, I wanted to let everyone know that Skyjacks and several other one-shot programs are currently nominated for Audioverse Awards. Voting for the Audioverse Awards is open to everyone, and I would dearly appreciate it if our listeners would go out and support the One-Shot Network shows on that voting roster. Nearly everyone involved in Skyjacks on some level got a nomination. And that's not just Skyjacks the main show, that's also Skyjacks Courier's Call. Everyone who works within the world of Sphere works so hard and I would love to see their work rewarded with an award. So if you have some extra time, follow the link in the show notes and throw us a vote. Now then, with all of that out of the way, let's take to the sky. I am going to say one. Uh, I'll have uh, Pat say two, Amy say three. We're going to continue in that sequence to six. And after that, we will clap and that will help our editor line up all these lovely tracks for us. So one, two. <laughs> yes, I didn't screw it up. That was me. I'm two. You're two? <laughs> oh, no. Okay. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So with that, we are ready to begin. And this story, as so many in this world, begins in the clouds. We see a sweeping city beneath us, full of bustling people moving through that city's skyport. This is Yaris, deep in the mainland, well within the Red Feathers' rediscovered world. We can see ships pulling into dock emblazoned with the Red Feather logo and a few privateer vessels unloading and loading boxes full of spices, fabrics, and many other bits of trade from all across the rediscovered world. Through the clouds, we can see an odd ship making its way to port. 
the gold letters emblazoned on the side, one of the finest things about this somewhat shabby-looking ship are the letters that spell out the goose. We move onto the deck of the goose, and we can see the well-fed hands moving about the deck, making sure to pull every rope and slack every sail to allow themselves a gentle descent into Yaris. Pat, making your way into a port, where would we find Jolly Jack? Assuming that things are going well, you know, I think there's a decent chance that Jack would be actually full on one leg up on on something like towards the the front of the ship yes look everyone here here comes jolly jack as if there is an audience watching even if no one is watching maybe like <laughs> yeah i mean one thing that we know about jolly jack is that he always lives as though an audience is watching <laughs> A question that I have for you is, I would like you to first please describe your character uh, so we can get reacquainted with Jolly Jack. What does this gentleman look like? I would say, uh, imagine that that florid Captain Hook pirate, Mm -hmm. except instead of, because that was making fun of, was that Elizabethan or, you know, because all of that red velvet was making fun of one of the kings of England, except instead of that time period, it's still sort of fancy pirate, but instead it's a little bit more Victorian in the outfit. Like it's a step and a half short of looking like a costume, but it is definitely a show outfit. Um, so like a long coat and leather boots, and he's uh, not exceptionally tall, a little taller than normal, a little broader in the shoulders, and he does have a full beard. And even now, I, I think he would have his tall walking stick. Not not a staff, but also not a cane. It's one that if his hand was resting at the top, it would be about at the height of, you know, of his belly button or his like floating ribs. So it's a it's a tall sort of walking stick uh, that they used to have back in the day. I, not called a swagger stick, even though that's what I thought that it used to be called. As Yes, as, as we learned um, <laughs> through damnable historical research that doesn't line up with our expectations. Uh, another question that I have, because we have Jack on the deck of this ship with, with one leg uh, slung up, you know, making a grand entrance into this port, I want to know, on the goose... Does the goose have a masthead? And if so, what is it? We may have established a masthead uh, for the goose in the Courier's Call episodes, but even if we did, and the one you're about to describe is different, we can then make the assumption that Jolly Jack changes the masthead on his ships, which is the figurehead, excuse me, not masthead, the figurehead on his ships, uh, which I think is very fun. Wow. I, I, I know that we haven't... Like this is the thing that is out in front, right? Yeah, yeah. That's that. Well, like would be the mermaid on on some ships, uh, or the horse, or you know, there are a lot of popular takes. Oh on that. boy, I I have not given any thought to that, and I'm trying to think, like, like I I know it would. I can say with authority that it would not be 
like a mermaid or like <laughs> a, a busty tavern woman or is there a or, deity i know the deities are you said virtually humanoid or at least uh, messing around in in the human world are there is there like a deity of mischief or something like that uh, so there are the luminaries, the luminaries in this world, yeah. Uh, yeah. which are are somewhat deific and somewhat not. But the, the changeling would, would certainly be a, a little bit of a mischief maker in that uh, the changeling's themes are yearning, impulse, and will, which, you know, that's a little bit like adolescent, um, which is the close to like an overt mischief maker who isn't just straight up evil uh, in the luminaries. So. Yeah, you know, I think it might actually be a goose. Yeah, I you know, I was oh my god, that a little too. <laughs> which, which, like, it's it's one of those things where it, it looks like something that somebody said to a skilled craftsman, a goose, but make it look really noble and cool. And they got like seventy eight percent there. And the result, the, the is goose has has like a big a big pectoral chest. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Like I can see this being this being Jack's like endless quest and to get a good masthead, and he's like, no, a, no, but good. And like sometimes it's a sexy woman goose, and he's like, fucking no. They no. they they use um, like metallic drawer handles for nipples, so you can't even. <laughs> shave them down like the nipples are just always no. there and they're trying to sh oh. they're always trying to shape around the nipple without ruining the rest of the carving <laughs> they are jeweled nipples jeweled <laughs> nipples yeah they're too valuable to to mess with but they they just yeah they they give a they give a little pause when you're looking at the goose like something's wrong and i'm not sure what it is <laughs> it's, a, it's a mammalian it's a mammalian goose <laughs> Because we know the the statement that the goose is making kind of as a ship generally, too, I think it's fair for us to assume that uh, the goose is also probably painted in gold leaf. So it is this, like, <laughs> unignorable thing. So if there is even, like, the slightest weird thing about it, like, it's super, super noticeable. It's the first <laughs> thing people see. And, and I think the ship itself, it looks... It looks like here's somebody with more money than sense. Uh, That's a really good pun. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> and but also maybe um, more sense than taste where like <laughs> it, like because the ship is sort of it's like the ship itself almost looks like a, a like a, a gentleman's pleasure like <laughs> ship. Um, but if it was that. It it doesn't look like it was quite put together right. Um, it it it's it, it's not that it looks half-assed. It looks like it was full, like at least one and a quarter ass was put in here. But it's it was done with such enthusiasm that it's not going to do kind of what it you know what it was designed to do like so this figurehead for example was was meant to be impressive and to make a first impression and to be like like wealthy and intimidating and beautiful but it tried so hard that it's like 
it's like, oh, God, man, like, no, 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 no. It, it has all the richness of opulence and none of the restraint of refinement. Uh, goose, yes. goose is a drag queen. The goose is <laughs> oh, a drag queen. There and, we go. And, it, yes. and if you love her, you love her. You know, oh, oh, and that I like better than what I was thinking, which is that initially Jack wanted this and he's always disappointed with it. And sometimes he gets it replaced and he's always, I like it better that he's like, he talked to an artist and they got it installed. And so it's like a very masculine, but like, but duded up like mammalian anthropomorphic <laughs> goose, you know, like, like in a big sequin gown yes. and the sequin gown is almost like a mermaid thing. So it's like, it's doing everything yes. and Jack loves it more than anything. <laughs> it's a celebration. And, <laughs> and Jack will not hear a word said against this masthead. <laughs> um, yeah. So we see the goose pulling into port. Uh, the, like weighted anchors are are being dropped down and collected by the dock workers at the skyport beneath. Um, we can see the hustle and bustle, like sweeping the camera around Jack as he's giving, you know, one of his classic mysterious grins over the port in Yaris. Um, uh, we, we, we can see all of the activity sweeping around him as uh, the men, women, and other folk in his crew uh, are moving back and forth about the deck, having to step around uh, the silk canopies and the beautiful pillows and uh, other comforts that are set up on the deck of the goose. We can see around them also the whirly gigs, banners, and sign advertising Jolly Jack Tinkerson, purveyor of salts and curiosities. Um, moving through this crowd, we enter the hull of the ship and the rooms for crew and passengers inside. We come to a door that is familiar to us if we have listened to the Courier's Call episodes. Inside, we see one of the guest suites on this ship. A small room, but still a nice room. It has a beautiful window with light pouring inside, falling over the face of Margaret. Margaret sits in front of a small vanity mirror. Her skin is looks like she's just freshly washed her face. She dabs at it with a cloth and then picks a flower from a vase in front of her. It is a beautiful pink flower in full bloom with many petals. She gives it a light kiss and the flower uh, dries and wilts and her cheeks and lips flush with the pink of the flower's petals. She looks over herself in the mirror once more, uh, making sure that her work is nice and fine. She grabs something from her small bag to add a little bit of eyeshadow before she dashes out to meet with the rest of the crew and uh, prepare to pull into port. Uh, before she does, she moves her hands over the contents of her desk and pulls out a letter. One that wears the lines of something that has been opened and closed, read and reread many times. She carefully opens the envelope, unfolds the letter, and reads it once more. Margaret. It's me. But more importantly, it's... you. 
I've caused too many people too much pain for one lifetime, and I can't imagine causing you any more. But somehow, and for some reason, you saved my life. Twice. I need to see you again someday. But please know that I don't have to. Not unless that's what you want. Forever, your mended serpent. William. With that, she heaves a deep sigh, folds the letter up, and returns it to its envelope. She turns to her bed, where we can see, strung up above it, even in the light of day, there is a canopy of glowing red strings. She carefully and delicately takes one by one the strings from above the bed and slips them over her fingers until all of her hands are a mass of a tangled web of red string. And as she does that, the strings slowly disappear. She moves to the top of the deck as we zip down to the port itself. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In the activity of this extremely active skyport, we can see that there is someone who has spotted the goose. Spotted the goose from a long way out, because if you're looking for it, it's hard to miss. And that, of course, is Gerace. Uh, Amy, could you please describe Gerace for us? Yes. She's a woman at this point, um, but she's dressed in what it would modern day be called like the equivalent of yoga pants or sweats in public. So <laughs> so like a, a, a tunic that is not trying hard and <laughs> um, some versatile pants and boots and, and just um, kind of looking a bit urchin-y. Uh, and her hair is tied back there. She's got a lot of hair, light brown, um, a big mane, um, no, like no makeup. She, she's kind of leaned into uh, being unnoticeable or at least ignorable, but there's, there, there just always seems to be a look of impatience and annoyance on her face at all times. So it's, it, she, she equal parts looks like someone uh, you, you don't want to mess with, but also someone who is, uh, who you don't, you don't even need to see necessarily. They're not going to impact your life much at all and kind of get out of her way. She's a, yeah, a bit of a force. So when you say like the equivalent of yoga pants, is it mostly like for comfort and utility? Um, yeah. And not giving a fuck. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, like the, the dock isn't necessarily a place for nobility or, you know, people to be seen. But I guess the character motivation is 100% to not be seen, you know, like to be just that girl or that person uh, just hanging around the docks. Um, and, and yeah, she did just come from a job and is going to bounce on to the next one. So utility for sure. 
There, there's a saying here in Chicago, when you get here for your first winter, like th there are people who are outside observers of Chicago that might describe some of the fashion here as shabby, like people aren't trying. And the thing we always say is, well, it's 10 degrees. No one cares if you're cute. Uh, <laughs> so you just sort of reach a point where you're dressing to survive the day. Yeah. And, you know, if you're working as, at a dock, especially I think Gerace has all of that, like, look of annoyance, look of I am done with the world about about her all the time, but now more so than ever, because you have been away from the comfort of the goose for a couple weeks now. And in order to get to this place, which I, I, I assume you probably arrived at Yaris like last night, you had a string of tasks and deliveries that you had to do. Um, but Yaris was the last stop before the goose picked you up again. And in order to get between all of these places, you had to ride on dinghy, the purple Martin uh, that is the one of the griffins aboard the goose. Um, uh, did we go for those with that don't know, uh, uh, purple Martin instead of swallow? Oh, uh, purple Martin is a type of swallow. Um, oh, it is, okay. in fact, Purple the Martin largest swallow, swallow uh, that 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 exists, uh, because swallows, uh, even if you go with the eight point three times uh, the size for the griffins of the world of Sphere. Uh, for those that don't know, in Sphere, a griffin is a bird that is simply much larger than our earthly counterparts for those birds. Uh, so a purple martin uh, in sphere would be roughly seven feet tall. Uh, dinghy is probably a, an especially large specimen of uh, like it going a little bit higher than 8.3 times, probably around nine to 10 times the size um, of, of a regular swallow. The thing that we learned about swallows and the way they fly is they flap a little bit and then dip and then uh, flap a little bit more. So riding a swallow is an incredibly rough journey on you. Like they'll they'll carry you far. They're they're hard workers. They're they're good sleepers. They're easy to feed. But man, oh man, uh, do swallows give you a bad ride? So you have been dealing with this ride for literal weeks and you are probably on your last nerve uh yeah seeing <laughs> seeing now as jack is probably now probably 15 or, or 20 feet above you as the goose is pulling in seeing him with his classic one leg up over the rail of the ship smiling at the world stretching down below him uh it, it's hard not to feel annoyed yes um the other thing about i want to say about jure she's got freckles and oh. she is, all of her clothing is peppered in pockets. Mm. She got a bunch of pockets all over the place. Oh, I like that a lot. Um, the, a, a question that I have for you, Amy, this isn't something that we really got to flesh out beforehand, but uh, we did decide that Gerace being at this port uh, not only delivered uh, the cargo that was expected, but managed to pick up some extra cargo for the goose to take on a journey to a town that's nearby. I want to know, what did you pick up? Because Jolly Jack is going to be pulling in above you, but he's going to be pulling in above like you sitting next to Dingy and whatever bizarre cargo you got. So what is it? What kind of 
fun, weird thing did you get? Uh, the first thing that's coming to mind is um, some body parts and no. cadaver type <laughs> things um, that are totally sanctioned. Um, and we're, I don't know what the equivalent for like medical purposes is, but it's, it's very strange. Um, but yeah, I think the luminaries or, or something like that, um, somebody is, is wanting to do some experiments, but it's all in the name of health, you know, and, and everyone knows about it's on the up and up, but it's, it's like, no one wants to touch it. And I'm down to handle this. You know, oh, that, yeah. that is so good. Like the, the old fashioned resurrectionists who would steal <laughs> the bodies to supply the people who are trying to learn like medical science or develop <laughs> yes. medical science. I could absolutely see that being a thing that's still happening. Um, who would sanction something like that? I believe this is something that would, especially because well, you we tell me it may not be sanctioned. I, I, uh, uh, well, that, that's, well, we, I'll let you decide. I'll tell you who would sanction it okay, and we'll decide me. whether this is on the up and up or not. The, the people that would do that, it would probably have to be a joint approval by the Red Feather Syndicate and the Church of the Slain God. The Church of the Slain God operates medical schools. Not only do they dabble in divine healing uh, through prayer and whatnot, but they also sponsor medical schools as part of their mission. One of the characters from Campaign Skyjack's Dref, uh, when he was at university, he was at a medical school that was partially funded by the church. So I imagine if you're moving cadavers anywhere within the rediscovered world, the Red Feather Syndicate First of all, like you need a list of seals and approvals in order to bring it into new ports because everybody's going to give you a hard time about it. And it absolutely needs to have some sort of church official sanction, especially if it's not moving on one of their boats. So you are probably, if we're going to go with this is a sanctioned moving of body parts, like the, the world around it, like it reeks of formaldehyde as you've got these preserved bodies that are going to be dissected <sighs> or whatever. And you have like <sighs> a, a horrible tomes worth of like seals and approvals and passports and whatnot uh, related to the transport of these goods. And the goose... Honestly, as a privateer vessel, this is probably one of the only ships that would have been willing to take on a load like this. So it's probably going to be a pretty penny that you're getting paid for all this. <laughs> now, uh, just because so much of what Jack does is trade, uh, can I ask a, a couple of questions real quick about the world? Yes, of course. Um I assume that I am, if not in good with the Red Feathers, like we have had some dealings and even if I am not personally delivering it, we have sort of a trade agreement and Jack does provide them with some salt at probably a very good rate. Yes, uh, that, that is my assumption as well. Like I do know Jack is a legitimate privateer, which means Jack has a written bill of sale for the feather weave that he uses on his ship. Whether or not that's actually related to the feather weave that he's using on his ship or it was forged in some way, we don't know. But like by all accounts, any official who looks it over is going to go, ah, yes, this is one, one of the real privateers of the world and you would get no trouble about that. On top of that, if there are any inquiries like 
probably at a lot of ports generally, but with Red Feather Outposts specifically, there are some delivery deals set up regarding salt. So in a lot of situations, like it's not that people never give you trouble, but if people do give you trouble, you have a reasonable chance of getting out of it. Okay. And so, uh, and that, that was sort of my, what I was curious about, like back at various times in Europe, you know, people travel a lot more than, uh, than a lot of folk know. People used to say, oh, you never, you know, most people never went farther than 20 miles away from their, where they were born. But actually they traveled a lot for fairs and whatever, but there was also like different parts of the world and when people were more along the lines of serfs and for then in some ways to travel, you almost needed like a writ of passage to say like, you know, like, Hey, I, it's, it's okay for me to just be walking around at various historical periods in various countries. So I'm wondering, is there the equivalent of like, is it pretty much the Red Feather Syndicate handles all trade or like oversees all trade? And so you kind of need to be in good with them? So pretty much, especially where you are right now, being part of the mainland or in the mainland, you are in what the Red Feathers call the rediscovered world, which means you are within the Red Feather Syndicate trade network. Sphere has no governments per se. There, there might be uh, civic municipalities um, in various places, but there are no nations in the world of Sphere because for a very long time, all of the populated places of the world were isolated from each other just because everything was super dangerous all the time everywhere. Uh, until skyships were developed, people really didn't travel much because traveling was a good way to get yourself killed. But with skyships, all of a sudden it became possible and relatively safe for people to move from place to place. And eventually the Red Feather Syndicate kind of insinuated itself into all sorts of trade around Aram and then around capitals of fallen nations uh, to reestablish this network of places that were connected to each other through skyship trade routes. Um, those places are though they don't really have a connected government, a lot of them are adherent to red feather corporate policy, which supplants the law in many places. So wow. for traveling okay. papers or something like that, if you purchased a ticket, uh, uh, to get from one place to another aboard a red feather ship, or if you, uh, went onto a recognized privateer vessel to move from place to place in a lot of ports, instead of showing that, like if you were a stranger from out of town and people are going, well, what are you doing here? You could show them that. And it's like, okay, you know, if we imprison or kill a customer of the Red Feather Syndicate, they're probably going to have a thing to say about it because you know, travel is not going to be a lucrative trade if all of a sudden, well, we'll take you a place and you can immediately be arrested when you arrive there. Um, so that is right. one okay. one of the few ways that Red Feather corporate policy would actually benefit people who are traveling. Okay, cool. We've we've done too much out of character talk, and I think yeah. while we were talking, the goose has settled into her her nest at this new port, and uh, the plank has been thrown down, and the goose is officially docked. 
I, I want to know between Jerace and Jack, who who moves first? Who has to go to whom? Oh me, I don't. I yeah, I do. You know what I do? Here's what I do. I've got. I'm lugging, and these are bodies, and I imagine there's like it's a it's a chest, or it's like on a pallet or something, but. You know, things it's a pallet of bodies off and, for sure. It's a pallet of bodies, <laughs> and like there's one, there's a head in the back that's like just bouncing, just um, very <laughs> irreverently, and and you know, but but I'm I'm kind of full force ahead, and and I've got my tome, I'm like holding it in front of me, my tome of of papers, and as soon as I make eye contact with literally any member of the crew on the ship, I drop it because my like I'm sweating, I, I've been carrying this forever, I'm strong, but this this is way below my pay grade so i just drop it and continue because they'll get the message that they're they're meant to come and um mule mule this back up to the goose and real quick given that this is a skyship but it's not a repurposed sailing vessel do we actually land like on a dock see i think i think the goose is purpose built to be in the sky so i think its bottom is flat oh i like that a lot or or is flat as possible while still being slightly aerodynamic. Uh, so, so yeah. And you probably actually like, because I like it and because it feels very Jolly Jack, like as you get pulled in, most skyships that pull into skyship ports, like land in a bit of a dry dock um, uh, and still keep their engines burning or their, their furnaces burning a little bit to lighten the load of the ship. But because you can basically all the way land, like you land in this place and then there is like this mechanical whir and popping as little landing legs like deploy themselves uh, from the goose, which I imagine they have to look a little bit eccentric as well. And you must have paid through the nose to get this. <laughs> what what I was going to pitch was, what if the bottom of the boat, since it is flat, what if it's carved or painted to look a little bit like a nest? <laughs> Which honestly, it doesn't work. It seems like thematically appropriate, but also like the masthead is really big. And so there's a goose who's a man, and also the boat is a ship, or is a boat is the boat the goose? It's very mixed messaging, <laughs> and it doesn't work out. And actually, you know what? Given that little legs on there too seems perfectly appropriate. It's kind of a hodgepodge. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it lands like maybe there, there's like a slight little bounce uh, to it as uh, whatever shocks are in those legs like absorb the weight and whatnot. And there are people. I, I think it's probably pretty easy to spot dinghy uh, fr- from the sky. So like people knew where where you were, Jerace. Like the crew knew where you were right away because they they were looking for you. Everybody is like kind of excited and waving, and you do this like dramatic drop of everything. And I think everyone in the crew, all of your friends, like recognize. Oh my gosh, Jerace looks exact like completely tired. And there is this rush down the gangplank to move and like a couple are uh, people are like excitedly greeting you and everyone else is scrambling like to grab the reins uh, for Dingy to help Dingy back onto the ship. And uh, a, a few of them are like puzzling over this pallet of bodies like sliding I, I imagine it's almost like a palanquin with these pallets where you slide in a couple sticks and then everybody has to like lift them together uh to open up the oh, side awesome. of the ship and, and start yeah it up. but i was i was irreverently dragging it 
Um, <laughs> yes, of course. Well, you were one person. <laughs> yeah, I was one person. It got dragged. That got dragged. Jack, hi. Th- thank you for gracing Yaris with your presence. <sighs> Does Jack have a pet name for Gerace, or has that been thoroughly quashed at this point? I, I pet do it. I love it. Yes. Gerace! It has been far too long. You look exhausted. Please. Oh, thanks very much. You know exactly how to talk to a woman. I mean, if you don't want tea, we have tea set up. Tea and toast. Yeah, no, I want want food. I want drink. As you say that, rounding uh, beside Jack, you see a woman who's in about her mid-30s with a head uh, full of dark and curling hair tied up with a nice green and gray ribbon. And she has a tray that has a a cup of tea on it with a nice sandwich. And she greets you with a charming smile. So this is the Gerace I've heard so much about. Please step up, you must be so tired. Also, I think, because originally I was thinking gangplank, But since Mm -hmm. I think we can gangplank here, I think the side of the ship opens because it's used to landing flat on a flat space. That's certainly where the cargo doors are. Yeah. Yeah. Cargo door opens right into the side of the ship. I haven't met your acquaintance. Are you a Jack? Oh, well, come on up. Let's sit on the deck. We have the canopy up. Wait, we didn't discuss. We didn't discuss. Are are you, is your stop here, ma'am? Are you coming off on Yara's? I don't remember. I'm, I don't remember discussion of a new crew member. I'll be traveling with Jack for the next little bit. Uh, don't worry yourself about it, dear. He's he's not paying anything. Our terms are already set. <laughs> Jack Jack really kind of like like laughs nervously at "Don't worry yourself about it, dear," and he's kind of like ha 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 ha. No, seriously, come. Let me make uh, formal introductions on. On the deck, on, on the, let's all have a comfortable seat. Let's, let's introduce. Yes, of course. For, forgive me, Jack, please uh, begin with your formalities. Okay, as, as, as we walk, I'm going to hang back and like whisper to Jack, Jack, what the hell? She's so nice. I, well, don't, oh, don't worry. That wears off very quickly. Uh, also, uh, dear, I, 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 uh, and, and he kind of looks at you. I, I think the crew of the Goose, um, you know how they, they sometimes show pirate crews and like they're all wearing like really worn down finery, mm-hmm. like from the places, from the, the boats they pillaged. Mm-hmm. And I think the ship is a little like this where everyone, except it's obviously they haven't taken ships and looted it, but like everyone does kind of have their own weird finery and it's in no way uniform yeah like it's from different time periods or places but it's all it's all their own like everyone wears their own deal here's the thing that i'd like to introduce yeah 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 to to that universe the the idea of a challenge coin um uh, the military for certain operations will issue uh once the operation is complete a a minted coin that is emblazoned with like something of the operation on it uh i like the idea for jolly jack ship that when you complete a voyage with jolly jack it's customary that in addition to your pay he will grant you a gift uh that's like a little bit on a theme so sometimes it's like 
well, we delivered chickens. So here is a thing with a chicken on it. And it's never the same for every crew member, but you can tell who has been with Jack uh, for how long based on how many weird baubles they have. It's like um, in a creative office space, how people decorate their desks. Yes, 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 <laughs> yes. And I think he always, he gives them out with great ceremony and he's so proud of it. And some people are like, this is funny mm-hmm. as hell. Some people are proud and some people are like, come on dad like i am so i come on dad um but you know and so the 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 work a day he's like he's like i i mean i did get you that nice vest i thought you liked the vest it had all the secret pockets inside mm-hmm. it was such a good color for you are you wait are you defending hiring a an extra crew member by telling me that you got me a vest? No, no, no. I'm saying like no, not not a new one. I mean, I got you the other one. The I love the vest. One. I love pockets. I love the vest. I'm I I want to keep the vest. I don't want to talk about the vest anymore. I want to talk about this woman. Um I mean, an opportunity arose and she needed passage. Oh, this uh, oh, here, here. I, 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 I will, I will make all clear. Yes. But really, let's get some food in you and some cognac. Oh, I'd I love that. I'd love that. Yes. Yeah, I'm a bit grumpy after dragging body parts that are going to pay us a hefty coin, BTW, all the way, all the way from the inner inner town of Yarrow. Body York. parts. Yeah, we're transporting. Hey, this is this is the language you and I speak. Coin. The end. We do not speak hiring someone for no coin. I need to hear about, yeah, we need to get to this woman because I need to hear about the deal that you made. I don't understand anyone working for nothing. Uh, why there's, there's many different ways for one to, to pay for passage. I don't like the sound of this, Jack. You, you see the tome that you were carrying earlier that has all of the various like checks and seals of approval and whatnot. Margaret is now holding that uh, in front of like the canopy sitting space where uh, I imagine the Jack and the crew love to do their lunches. Um, M- Margaret is just flipping through. My goodness, 100 gold bars. I'm a little bit upset that I didn't negotiate for a percentage of your take on the voyages I would be doing. Give me that. Give me that. How did you even get that? I dropped that on the dock. Oh, Ronaldo yeah. gave it to me. Ronaldo. She she's like that. She's in everything. It's it's like having a cat on board. Uh not that it isn't pleasant. Uh Margaret. First things first. What yeah, what is your title? Because just so you know, I'm first mate. Um, first things first is introductions and cognac and a, and a quick and a quick. We'll we'll have a sit to everyone, and there is like a little a little place set up, and obviously there were two chairs put there, and someone has put a third chair there now, and it's it looks a little crammed <laughs> in, and Jack Jack is like is wearing sort of a look of like. Fine, everything's fine. It's fine. And so he he's like, uh, would you like tea and cognac or just cognac in the tea or just a tea, teacup full of cognac? I could honestly go any way myself. Uh yeah, I want I want a cup of tea, a cup of cognac, and a cup of what the fuck? <laughs> uh, 
Okay. Uh, and, and Margaret for you and, and Jack is sort of puttering around and setting out like a, a little snack and whatever for everyone. Um, Oh, Ronaldo's made my usual. Uh, oh. She says as one of the crew members hands over a, a drink that is like, it, it's like a tiki drink has been made oh, up. Uh, it, it's in this highball glass with like these colors and whatnot. It looks extraordinary. And there is a little flower like tucked into the top of it with, with a reed straw. Ronaldo, Ronaldo is, Ronaldo is, is like his only talent is tying knots. Such a dear. He, uh, how did he Ronaldo? learn how to make drinks? What is going on? He has hidden depths, apparently. All, all of my crew, of course, hidden depths. So. Uh, I'm pretty surface level. So, Jerace, <laughs> allow me to introduce Margaret. She is a, 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 a black lily of some experience and renown. Margaret, this is Jerace, my long-suffering first mate, companion, and partner, you know, in, in, in uh, many of my endeavors. I was going to say partner in crime, but of course, uh, we are all very above board here. Yes. Um, and then, then he kind of leans back and 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 takes a drink and and just kind of gets out of the line of fire from the two people on either side of him. Yeah, Margaret will brush some of the hair that was like sitting over her shoulder aside, revealing on her neck a beautiful and graceful tattoo of a black lily. It is unmistakable in its look. Lots of sailors have tattoos. Black lily tattoos tend to sit a bit darker and firmer on the skin. They call out to you even when they are in subtle places. Here you can see, even if you have never met a black lily in the flesh before, you know that you are standing in front of one now. Margaret steps over to you easily and casually, placing her drink on the table. And I, you know what? I think actually because you are a, a bit of a street tough, Margaret will put out a hand in the classic medieval uh, we're clasping each other's wrists to uh, show that we're not hiding knives up our sleeves okay. gesture of introduction. Is that what that was for? Yeah. No. That's really cool. That is super cool. I had no Isn't idea. Isn't that cool? <laughs> yeah. You got to do that with close-up magicians too. <laughs> Um, yeah, of course. Yeah, I'll, I'm going to shake your hand, but hold on. I say, I just need to be really clear, Margaret. My beef with you, FYI, isn't that you're a black lily. That's freaking cool. Want to hear more about that. What my beef is, and I look right at Jack and go, is that you seem to have boarded the minute I left. And this all happened. This feels like, Jack, you were hiding something from me and very deliberately. So I, I, I don't take any umbrage to having a black lily on board. And I don't know why you would hide this from me in the first place, because if you're needing some extra something, I'm, I'm down for it. I, what, what's, I, I don't understand why you wouldn't have asked me about this. And we did this whole black lily thing while I was here. Forgive me. Forgive me. I, I assumed that Jack hiding things from people was just his way. He hides a lot and he's hidden a lot from me too. But he, he, this kind of thing, this kind of thing would be over. We would discuss this out in the open over drinks. And the fact that I had to go and ride a dang dinghy swallow. Uh, I don't even want to talk about my new nausea that will not go away. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I, 
just need, I don't know why I had to go on a trip for you to make a decision without me, Jack. And, and Jack at this point looks, you know, a, a little bit of the, the florid, whatever goes away. And he's like, he's like, Oh, Oh, Jerace, I, I, I hope, I hope that you hear me when I say absolutely not. I, it's, it's absolutely what I said. Mm. I was doing the other run, but if we were going to make those deliveries on time, someone needed to take dinghy and I, uh, you're the only person that I would trust to negotiate what we, you know, we've, what... we've been only traveling together since Ungoni, I, which I believe was, was Jack's last legitimate stop. He was waylaid somewhat by the storm, I, which is why I again apologize. You seem to have already bewitched Ronaldo. Bewitched is actually a pretty good word. Um, uh, but uh, it was an opportunity that arose. She seemed to want to travel with me. And I mean, politeness, uh, you know, custom, superstition. I, I did not know that you would be hurt by this. And I'm I'm genuinely sorry. I would have I would have sent a bird to to consult with you if I knew that it was important. And and he is just very very sincere in that in that moment. Uh, I don't like this, Jack. Uh, bring me back the old Jack. I don't need it. I know. I, you I, hate I don't it like when this. I do that. <laughs> <laughs> Just, yeah. uh, I, I didn't. I, yeah, I don't. I, I'm not. I, I don't need an apology. I. This is. This is weird for me. Uh, and I don't need us to get vulnerable. If if it's it was an opportunity, then fine. It's an opportunity. Yeah, yeah it was All an right. opportunity. And as in terms of bringing bodies on board, mm -hmm. can we briefly discuss? Um, the brand of the golden goose. We are like salt mm -hmm. uh, free from the taint of the sea, salt that is pure and clean, salt that is value and luck. And um, I, I mean, corpse mm. doesn't really come into our mission statement. Yeah. The, the, I mean, formaldehyde. Mm. Two, <sighs> two words, Jack, 100 gold bars i mean i mean i i i it's i cannot it was I cannot. an it was an offer you took an opportunity i took an opportunity i, I think I we think... i think we both uh owe each other looking the other way on this this part this partnership look we leave a lot hidden from each other and yet a lot of that just that i don't know how but it does garner a lot of trust and and i'm so i'm trust. i'm willing to keep my mind open to this Black Lily arrangement, which I haven't even heard what we owe her. It sounds like nothing, but I also don't believe that. And then, and then you can just also stay open to a hundred gold bar jaunt. That's that's true. The uh, I mean, there is a lot of value to be associated with someone of Margaret's standing. Mm -hmm. There is, you know, I, I personally was very grateful. Uh, for the opportunity to do a favor for Lily to give her passage. Mm -hmm. uh, but in terms of the specific nature of our agreement, Margaret, that's something that, uh, you know, has has really, I, I feel like you, you have rather been avoiding the entire subject, which is an absolute lie. Jack has been dodging her ever since she has come on the boat. Ooh, okay. Like, and he and so he says that and looks at Margaret. It's like I, I do feel like it we're really remiss in not making that more explicit. 
Margaret's face is wearing an easy smile. It's the easy smile of someone who is at their wits end uh, with someone else. Oh, it's so funny that you remember it that way, dear. Our arrangement is very simple. She turns to Gerace and says, Jack is a bit of a charity case. There was a wager involved in Ungoni, and Jack is a man of not inconsiderable problems. And I have offered to solve a very important one. And as soon as Jack works himself up to being all right with me solving that problem, I'll be out of your hair. Now, that actually is not at all the way I remember it. I I remember you saying that you had a desire to... What a convenient way for you to remember it. I understand why you would build that narrative as it's much easier to live with. Interesting. Jack, I'm going to have to side with Margaret on this and say 100% you have a lot of problems. Oh, well, certainly yes. there's the trade route to, you know, and he starts listing like, like, you know, the docking fees are, are unresolved. Mm-hmm. It's like there is a cracked timber that we have not been able to find someone we trust to fix. And he is like, there is, there's endless. I mean, you, you know, as well as I do. And it's been hard dealing with those without you, mm. my dear. So which one of those, Margaret, were you going to solve? The cracked timber or the trade route fees? Hey, I say, uh, Margaret, I, I apologize. Uh, it is the tradition when one or the other of us are off of the boat that once we get together, we s- sort of quickly catch each other up on the particulars. I, I did not want to delay the introduction mm-hmm. here. Jerace, uh, would you be comfortable if Margaret were present? for uh, our our discussion, or would you prefer to have that in private, as is our tradition? I am fine however you feel. Uh, Yeah, I want Margaret to be here. Oh, okay. Um, And and Jack is actually like, oh, so uh, uh, we got some courier. There were some courier children Mm. out. uh, They were downed by the storm, and we had settled in to avoid the worst of it. And they showed up like like wet cats and and we put them up and and they they were they were wonderful they were wonderful they uh were were appropriately cautious they accepted dinner but and then they agreed to the terms of hospitality and didn't break it until they heard the weeping woman in the cargo hold and you know that this is a game that Jack has played before with other people <laughs> who've showed up um where uh you know like you, you can you you have the run of the entire ship but not these places and then he sees if they will you know w- w- where they will snoop and and you've probably seen it's a different sort of game with children or or like young people where there it's it's a little more playful and he's sort of using it to to see what what they're like uh-huh. for adults he will play the same games but then it's like oh well i'm afraid you have broken the law of hospitality right there are actual consequences <laughs> and it's like now you are you are no longer a guest on my ship but we are in the air um, how how do you propose that we resolve this situation? So you know that like there's a series of things for like people to snoop into, 
Um, and some of them are probably things that you yourself snooped into back yes. in the day. So if you want to invent or bring up any of those that okay. you might have encountered or things like that, um, you know, feel feel free. So he kind of talks about it. He's like, he's like, we only got one night uh, uh. before their captain showed up to collect them. Um, did, the, did, did the soundless barrel come into play? Did anyone get captured in the soundless <laughs> barrel? Oh, you know, the, I think one of the boys, uh, he, he uh, actually, Margaret, you said you found one of them in the barrel? Uh, <laughs> yes, I don't believe it was the soundless oh. barrel, though. It was just a mundane barrel of apples. It seems some temptations are too easy to fall oh, into. Oh, that's a shame. Remember when I got caught in that and I thought I thought I had slept for a week and, and when I came out of it, it was only a few minutes. But uh, yeah, it messes with you not being able to hear anything for a, a period of time. So the kids just got into apples. Oh, did, um, did, uh, did Nopsy dress up? In, no, we no, didn't have time for that. That's that um, my best part. Like Nopsy is so quiet all the time, but then you you give him, you just give him just a little bit of leash, and he'll he'll run with it. Uh, they did find uh, the hidden chamber, and the secret ledger of all my smuggling, and for the first time, I think you know it might have been the first time since you discovered it. How long did you have? The secret ledger before you found the writing under the writing. Oh, I think it was a year, honestly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they this these were extraordinary children uh, because they found the secret room, and that they I mean they took the ledger, which is a, a huge miscalculation on their part. Uh, but they also found the writing under the writing and the secret spells in a night. In one night, I would have loved to have them for longer, oh. but. Yeah. Did you give them anything? I, I feel like you were on the fence about if you were even going to keep um, your uh, shrouded mirror. And I, I, were, did you give? Did you happen to part ways with your shrouded mirror? To give it to him? I mean, no, no. I, okay. I mean, there's only there's only one. There's only one. And again, I, I, I think it might have come to that, but yeah. we'll we'll have to wait. Oh, though we should note that uh, you will possibly be hosting those children once again as the goose is owed yes. a service by them which is something that jerace ought to know i have learned yes uh Gerace is absolutely uh in in my utmost confidence um and and so we'll get the the children back at some point uh in order to just enjoy their company and you know honestly uh, become more comfortable with uh, the courier service um, who are uh, a power in their own right. Um, uh, Margaret, have you, have you found the, the mirror yet? I stopped looking after I found the heart. Ah, okay. But uh, yeah, so that, that was the high point really. There was meeting Margaret, of course. Oh, and uh, I found the fellow who I won the name from back in the day. Mm. Um, wow. Right. Uh, still as spry as a, as a spring chicken. I should um, go on. I should go on more trips by myself and leave you to it. You, you. It's been busy. I've <laughs> missed your, your counsel and your support. I'd like to call for a perception check from, okay. from the both of you. Uh, this we're going to set at hard, which is three purple dice oh that you're rolling against. I only have three green dice. Well, then that's an even roll. It, it could go either way. Um, is that in? Where is 
perception. Um, it's on perception the first page. is under your. Oh, skills. just a regular yeah, skill. I gotcha. They... Okay, I'm just gonna roll. I'm not gonna argue to make this better for me. What? That's crazy. Did you roll well or poorly? <laughs> um, very well and very poorly, as we know this system can be. I love it. I got four successes, one failure, so a total of three successes, but also three threats. <laughs> Dang. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, well, let's hear what, what, what Jack now, gets to. Uh, I would, I, I'll admit, I always thought less of the people when they're like but which are these the successes which are the successes and threats here the successes look like little little suns or starbursts and failures are the so i also Um, i got two oh i actually i canceled out in terms of successes i have one threat and uh a triumph Oh yeah. shoot! Awesome. Okay. Awesome. Oh my god, that flavor. I, I love this love system. <laughs> so the the two of you both did well enough uh, to notice that as uh, Jack mentions the the fellow he won the name from all those years ago, Margaret involuntarily stiffens. You also see, because you are both extremely canny social navigators, uh, the way she applies a mask to her face uh, to not show any emotional reaction at all. But uh, you you can tell that she had a very strong reaction to Jack uh, bringing up that person. Um, she tries to gracefully move over it. Uh, she leans forward and grabs her cognac uh, to take a sip. I think with with the threat, you can see that like while while she's sipping, trying to keep this mask on, you can also tell that like she is ha- like went from whatever strong emotion she was initially feeling to feeling uh, like it, it okay. boils over. In, into a hardness, a, a resolute type of anger. She takes a sip from her cognac and like any show of emotion it is gone after that sip. Jack, with your triumph, you can see that uh, on her left hand, while she was like grabbing and sipping her cognac, instinctually her thumb went to move over her ring finger. That I, I don't believe any of you perceive magically, but the thread of fate tied to that finger uh, is something that she is definitely like gone to check. Have I um, seen her do any magic? Because I, you know, I've watched, I've listened to the show, and so I, I know how, ma- how Margaret works her magic. Have I seen any of that on the boat yet? I'm going to pull a luminary for that because I don't know. I do know that she has ingratiated herself to your crew and grown quite close to many of them very, very quickly. But I don't know if any of that in, it has like involved formal service or, or magical service or anything like that. Uh, we, we drew the perfect crime for this one. I kind of think that all of the ways in which Margaret has worked herself uh, into being a mainstay within Jolly Jack's crew have happened out of Jack's presence and to a degree that almost shocks him. Like, you know, you, you talked That's about the game the, she's been playing. Yeah. The, the quiet crew member earlier 
at dinner for the past few nights has been like loudly uh, contributing to the group and laughing. Not only has everybody grown close to Margaret, but everybody has grown really close to each other as well. So you you don't know. I, I don't think you have witnessed her, her magic. I, I think the only person who has really seen her work any magic on this crew is Braith, or on the ship was Braith before before you mm, left. Right. So um So my threat is that she just gets cagier and the threat is like you I, I, I think can feel like not only is there uh, like I, I think we can say because you both got four successes. Is that like she was? There was just an intense look of sadness that she covered up, and the the threat is like that has now boiled over into irritation and irritation directed very specifically at Jack. Okay, so she she might not be as pleasant as she is for yes, much longer. She is she is approaching her her the end of her patience. The uh, now for the triumph because. Uh, uh, this is my uh, my first time navigating this particular set of die rolls. Um, that is a a success, like sort of outside outside of the realm of just the actual thing. So could this mean that I understand something about her that I never did before per- because of this perception? Um, absolutely. Like one thing I think we can let, maybe you do know how, uh, fate thread magic works. Uh, you, you have known lilies in the past. You have worked with the lilies before. It is conceivable that Jack has witnessed one of them cast spells that way. So you know very distinctly what that movement means. And more than that, because Jack is a worldly fellow who has studied many of the mysteries fear has to offer, I I think we can also conclude uh, that Jack knows that a uh, a thread of fate attached to the ring finger is a a thread uh, that deals with very serious and intimate love connection. And so, like that's the thing I was curious about is because Jack has been sort of like trying to get a read on her as well as is possible within the boundaries of this elaborate courtly game he's sort of been playing. And does does now he realize that like she's in love with this guy yeah yeah i i think so you 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 must know that because that that's what that means i think the thing that we just discovered about black lily thread magic is each finger represents a different type of connection that you can have to a person so we've learned that there are 10 types of human connection uh and we've just established that today and you know, I think there are only like five loves traditionally, so I'm really curious to see what the rest of that means. Uh, but um, uh, please, <laughs> yeah, like you, you do know that. Let one. me work that out with you. I, uh, <laughs> um, I think so. But and then I also see her kind of get a little, a little hard around the eyes. Mm-hmm. I, and and Jack, Jack just sits for a minute, and it's not often that Jack, it's not often that you see him obviously considering what he's going to do next. Sometimes he'll pause for show, but like for him to actually stop and think, and and then he says, Margaret, I'm so sorry. Why did you come here? Why did you want to come with me? If Margaret looks 
to Jack and then looks to Gerace and I, I think very quickly reads but between the two of them that both of them have spotted the thing that Margaret was trying to conceal. Like she she can see that that she is caught and you actually see her blush a little bit. I must be slipping under the circumstances. But if that is an honest question. Very honest, but also it is your business. Um, and it is none of mine unless you would like to make it so. She gives you a very serious look and locks eye contact and goes, it is your business as well. And if I am permitted, I will share that with you. I, I would I would be flattered and delighted. Yes. <laughs> I, love, I love the counterpoint of like, Sorry. say it. <laughs> this is a great dynamic between jack and therese i believe that i have been entrusted to your care not just by happenstance but by the luminaries themselves i have recently come to understand a very important and very profound truth that I, over these last ten days, have been trying to privately unravel, and though I am practiced and skilled in doing such things, have still not completed that journey. But I came to that knowledge after departing with you, which means that I was not meant to discover it until that point, which also means reviewing it, and you can see that her finger, that her hands are, are shaking a little bit as she settles and stills them. I do believe that I would not have departed with you had I known what I know now. But I believe I have learned that at this time because I was meant to depart with you. Thank you for listening to Skyjack's Azure Blues. Jolly Jack was played by Patrick Rothfuss, who can be found on Twitter at Patrick Rothfuss. Gerace was played by Amy Vorpal, who can be found on Twitter at Vorpalsword, spelled V-O-R-P-A-H-L. This episode was edited by Allie Grauer, who can be found on Twitter at Dreams to Become and on her own podcast, Skyjack's Courier's Call. I am James D'Amato your host and Game Master. I can be found on Twitter at OneShotRPG and as the Game Master of our main series show, Campaign Skyjacks. Remember, there are no kings. Take flight. Welcome to Character Creation Cast, a show where we create and discuss characters, the best part of role-playing games, with guests using their favorite systems. I'm one of your hosts, Ryan Bolter. And I'm your other host, Amelia Antrim. Join us as we sit down with game designers, podcasters, and fans of games as we dive into learning about different RPGs through the lens of character creation. It's a combination of character building, player advice, game design insights, and even a little bit of fan fiction for a different game every month. We tackle a variety of new and old games, both well-known and indie-produced titles. We learn how creating characters can tell us a lot about the games themselves. Check us out today anywhere you can get podcasts or on the OneShot Podcast Network at OneShotPodcast.com. <laughs>